Press has estimated that I have about $50 billion of profit increases to my name. And it's probably very honestly, Mark and, and everybody, a conservative, because we just stopped calculating. Welcome to The Modern Consultant. I'm your host, Mark Aarons, and on today's episode, I have the pleasure of hosting Jay Abraham. Jay is known as the $50 billion man because that's how much he's generated for his private clients in profits, not revenue, profit. He's also known as the mentor to mentors because he's worked with over 10,000 clients across 1,000 different verticals. And a couple of the names that you might recognize, Tony Robbins, Damon John of Shark Tank, Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels, Ramit Sethi, and the list goes on and on to include Brian Tracy, Les Brown, and I could continue. That said, he's also helped Icy Hot the brand that you've probably seen in a CVS near you grow from $20,000 per year to over a couple million in just the space of a year. He's also worked with a candy company in China, helping them to sell to Hershey's for over half a billion dollars. We talk about a lot inside of this episode. One of the things, his new book that's coming out with his co-author, Roland Frazier, Business Wealth Without Risk. And it's basically a book on how to buy grow, and sell businesses. Roland is an expert at the acquisition and the selling of businesses, while Jay is a super expert at being able to grow businesses. We get into a lot of profit optimization strategies that can be applied not just to a solopreneur business, to a team of 20, but to mid-level businesses and even large enterprise businesses as well. There's going to be something in this episode for everyone, including myself, because I was not expecting Jay to ask my permission to curse on my podcast, and it was also not expecting us to start geeking out about South Park. So, that said, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it, and with that, let's get into it. Jay, I just want to say welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you, and I'm excited for all of this. Thank you, Mark, and I, it's, it's a pleasure reconnecting. Uh, you reminded me that we had spent three days together at my home, and I, I was touched and a little bit embarrassed, but I'm thrilled to have the chance to connect with you. We were talking before we came on about your history, and I have impacted and been impacted by some of the people that impacted you. So this is this is uh, a fun chance to give back. So I'm here for your audience and you. Just ask away, and let's see if I can uh, provide some good insight, answers, direction, perspective, whatever. Absolutely. And to that, it's really interesting with the new book that you have coming out, you know, Business Wealth, because when I was going through it, you know, one of the things that struck me uh, was how just the concept of an acquirepreneur uh, as opposed to an entrepreneur or entrepreneur and the reframing of anyone being able to acquire businesses uh, without, you know, putting any money down because one of my existing clients has already done this and we've actually found it to be extremely successful for accessing an existing uh, group of customers for us to be able to develop products to high quality products to to then deliver and be able to transform people's lives and so i'd love for you to just talk a little bit more about yeah. some of the key concepts inside of the book yeah and uh, anybody that knows my background knows mark that i've been doing this for literally 40 plus years, long time, or all over mm -hmm. the world. I've been very blessed. I've done five continents, and I'm telling you this not to be arrogant, but to bring you full circle. And I've uh, 
have had great impact on some very prominent people and people and companies and ones people don't know. And I've made a lot of fee income and profit share. But I never chose to take assets. And I realize now, and well, the reason we did this book is that there's so much higher, faster, and significant level of both income and wealth creation that can be achieved by either using acquisition as your singular vehicle or using acquisition as an as a explosive additive vehicle. So the concept in a nutshell has two perspectives. Perspective one is if you are going to start a business from scratch, typically, not always, but typically you have a one in 21st year and a one in 10 five-year success rate. A better strategy, we believe, is to find a business that has already broken through the barrier and literally acquire it for any of a number of very inventive methodologies. Uh, my, my colleague Roland has 200 that, and only a couple of them require the owner to finance himself or herself. And then basically I have 97 categories, not just tactics, but categories. And some of the categories have 20 or 30 separate tactics to choose from for blowing up profit EBITDA with almost no extra investment or risk. And then if you're doing it for your own self as a, as a business opportunity investment, then you do what we call an epic exit and then you rinse and repeat. The second perspective, which is probably more relevant to your audience, is if you have a business, you can grow it through referrals, but most people don't even have a systematic collection of referral strategies in place. You can grow it through good marketing, which is expensive, but can be effective. You can grow it through door-to-door telephone selling. You can grow it through speaking at, at trade shows, and that's fine. Or you can also grow it through acquisition. You can acquire competitors. You can acquire product services people buy before, during, after, even instead. Instead means you can compete with yourself for people that use everything you've got or don't use anything you've got, leads that don't convert. Hmm. Also, you can, you can get access vehicles. You can, get, you can buy a podcast. You can buy a blog, you can buy a URL, you can buy a discussion group, you can acquire somebody's Salesforce a lot cheaper than a business. You can buy URL, phone numbers, all kinds of things no one would think about. <laughs> and if you do that to accelerate and elevate and hasten the level and the, and the rapidity of true wealth creation, you can double, redouble, redouble your success, your and uh, you can do it many different ways. That's the premise. And very mm. candidly, I have estimated, the press has estimated that I have about $50 billion of profit increases to my name. And it's probably very honestly, Mark and, and everybody, a conservative, because we just stopped calculating. I've been doing it so long all over the world. But I never took equity. I mm. always just took either a big fee or a big fee and a trail for a period of time, profit increases. Had I done what I'm talking about today, 
I would be like Roland. Roland basically has been doing variations of this. Mm -hmm. He makes an enormous amount. He gets a participation in the cash flow. He gets a participation in the equity. And he literally has a portfolio that is something like $8 billion of revenue. Now, uh, to be very respectful and, and disclose, one of those is a big real estate roll-up. So you got to back out all the big house transactions. But even if it's two or three billion, the point is you can acquire, whether you're small or large, you can acquire an enormous number of things. Sometimes you'll find somebody who can't, like you, you gave me a profile of your average mm -hmm. client and listener. So if you're $2 million and you have 20 employees, and it's and you're struggling to make a lot of money. If you found another company, another consulting, another expert that has 20 people and they're struggling more, you could acquire that. You could integrate it in your operation unless you're really inefficient. The economies of scale would in in would I would imagine allow you to to eliminate or repurpose a lot of that overhead, and it just comes to the bottom line, and you could actually pay. The other consultant you were acquiring it from more for doing nothing or for going out and selling for you than for trying to run the business himself. If you say most consultants that I've met, and I've done this for lots of people around the world for many years, they are one trick pony. And it's not a negative mark, but what it mm. means is once they render their expertise, it is rare that most of them have a sustaining relationship with a client. Yes. Actually one and done, whether it's a short or long, and then they have nothing else to say. But if they acquired other expertises that they could then put through the trust that they achieved if their client followed through on their expertise, it could double, redouble, redouble again the lifetime value that that sunk cost investment in the relationship could mm. produce. So that's sort of, does that help? It does, because what it speaks to is creating a higher level of partnership uh, with the people that you're trying to help and coming up with ways that skipped. It's, it's a game that almost no one else is playing. Yeah, uh, let me give well, you one yeah. more. One more than this has been done a lot of times, and I love this strategy. Or... You find a book that was very, very successful and the person who wrote it, you know, is either semi-retired, retired, but the book has enormous legs. You acquire the rights to do that book with a couple of chapters of your own. Mm -hmm. And then you have the basis of all the testimonials, all the press that book earned, and you might take over that person's methodology. There's just a multitude of inventive ways you can skew the generality of the book into your specific uh, business professional application. And if you think about it, it can it can cut. I mean, the, the subtitle the the title of the book is "Business Wealth Without Risk," but the subtitle is the real kicker: How to Create the Income and Wealth of a lifetime every three to five years. That's the key. Mm -hmm. I mean, most people work a lifetime and they have a business that they couldn't even sell if they wanted to because it's it's they, it's just they, or it's system, it's not systematic, or it's only driven by their current marketing. But if you can make your asset, think of it as an asset, 
throw off a lot more income, but also have a lot more predictability and sustainability. Now, every dollar you earn in income could be worth eight, 10, 15 times that when you decide you want to sell it. I recall two things uh, from the book in reference to what you just shared. The first is the way to be able to actually do that without, again, putting up any uh, payment, you know, as you as the person who's trying to acquire the business, which removes the barrier of, oh, I need a lot of capital investment if I'm going to be someone that's actually going to be acquiring a business. The second uh, concept from the book that really stood out to me was just when you broke down the math of how much more profit would be created versus if we just held onto the existing business that was, you know, profitable and, and it's growing. But if we were to then exit that, take that money, reinvest it, purchase another business, and then also to have this circle of reinforcing, uh, reinforcing business model, this uh, ecosystem of businesses uh, that are essentially then feeding into each other, just how much more profit could be generated, which is what it sounds like Roland has done, because I know of Roland through having gone to traffic and conversion through digitalmarketer.com. I used to be a certified partner with them, loved his presentations. They were always super detailed. I was like, oh, this guy's a spreadsheet guy like me. Love it. And to then see him apply that level of detail uh, to business growth has also been very inspiring as well. Yeah. I mean, and he comes at that we're a very good, a very good collaboration, sort of like a peanut butter cup. Uh, he's got the acquisition and the exit methodology. I've got the methodology that blows up earnings. Uh -huh. and the I mean, the combination is almost a match made in heaven if somebody really understands it because he, he's got 200 ways that you can acquire a business using other people's resources. And only a few of these ways are the owner carries, meaning the owner takes a note, but the owner will take a note if he or she believes you'll pay it and you can impute interest. I mean, there's some really fun things and you don't have to be that sophisticated. If you read this and the book is pretty amazing and it's not like, uh, I mean, it's not daunting in terms of uh, being too esoteric, but it's not light in terms of pages. It's 447 mm -hmm. pages. It, it, it probably the most gratifying thing about the book is that Tony Robbins read it and was impressed enough that he wrote not just a forward, but a five page forward. Damon John was impressed enough with it, and I've helped Damon, so probably had a little advantage there, but he wouldn't have done this unless he liked what we, we wrote. He basically wrote the, uh, the introduction, a man named Gino Wickman, who if you're into systematic yep. uh, business growth, has EOS and wrote a book called Traction, wrote the preface. Mm -hmm. Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank is one of many endorsers. We're very proud of this. It's not the kind of a, you know, a lot of people, and you might, you know this, they'll create a, a piece of, of uh, sort of mediocrity and then they'll, they'll hype it for a day. So it becomes a, you know, Amazon bestseller and it's, it's worthless as far as what it shares. It's just teasery to get you to buy mm -hmm. something for them. This book tells you fundamentally, I mean, obviously we can go a lot deeper and we, you know, we, we wrote it with the hope we'll find some interesting deal flow for ourselves. But the book, if you read that book cover to cover, 
probably twice, you can go out and you can basically transform your current business trajectory or financial trajectory or both. And it's pretty, pretty amazing. I give a ton of examples there and I give, I mean, you saw all the methods I share on, on the profit boosting side. I did. The, I'd love to actually go deeper into that section because that context that you gave around, uh, Roland, you know, on the acquiring and then the exiting of businesses, and then you bring in your, your expertise to just explore the profit of the business. Could you tell us more about the framework uh, that you have for that? Cause I remember you mentioning some of the concepts uh, that I was previously familiar with, but it seemed like you expanded on some of it as well. Yeah, we have, we have uh, 97 now, but. I, I am, before I do that, I'm going to give you a fascinating and laughable uh, metaphoric reference. I used to watch with my kids South Park. You ever watch South Park? I did, yeah. And my favorite, favorite, favorite was the underpants gnomes. Do you remember that? I don't think I saw that one. Could you tell me? Yeah, I'm going to tell you the story and then I'm going to answer your question. The story okay. is, is a good a foundational preface. So, the South Park kids had one of the, I can't remember the name of the kid, whose dad owned a coffee shop like Starbucks. Mm. And this kid is having double espressos all day long. And his eyes are popping out and his, you know, he's a neurotic mess and he can't sleep well. And he tells the other kids that every night these little gnomes come into his room and steal his underpants. And they think he's crazy and they're going to prove he's wrong. So the South Park kids hide in the closet and sure as heck at two in the morning, this whole legion of little gnomes come shuffling into this, this guy's bedroom. <laughs> they get on each other's shoulders to the top drawer. They open it up. They start throwing the kids underwear down and the South Park kids jump out <laughs> and say, what in the world are you guys doing? And the head gnome says, this is part of our big business strategy. And he said, what's your strategy? He said, step one, steal underpants. Step three, profit. So they had no step yeah. two. What I'm making is getting control of a business. You don't know how to strategically and economically utilize is a very bad strategy. And people will do that. They go, oh, I can buy a business. Well, if you buy it, you don't know how to increase it, or you don't know how to use it strategically, or you don't know how to boost profit, or you don't know how to integrate it, or you don't know how to use yeah, it as a sourcing mechanism, then you've got, you've got a drain. So I think my part is as important, not more so, but as important as getting control because you can't sell it for a higher multiple than you paid if you yeah. don't grow something and preferably mm -hmm. They, you know, the only reason someone would buy a business if it's not very profitable is that it's a strategic acquisition. It feeds something you are doing. For example, a podcast or mm -hmm. a discussion group that would feed your main business. But back at the ranch, so over my career, I've had the very good fortune of working with over 300 experts and most of them, frankly, have been world-class, the Tony Robbins, the Damon Jones, the Brian Tracy's, the Dave Asprey's. I mean, really high-level people, the Stephen Covey's, the Stephen M.R. Covey's. And none of them came to me, Mark, for help with their methodology. They had that nailed. They came for help to command higher 
market perception, value, mm. pricing, and to help figure out other variations of product service models. But I had to get a distilled, compressed understanding of their foundational work hmm. before I could do this. So I'm telling you because I have this massive integration of understanding of soft and hard expertise skills that can dramatically and massively blow up performance and profitability. And I've used that knowledge along with the fact that I've helped over a thousand industries, not businesses. It's really, it's scary in a way, but I've distilled for them some of the most universal elements that most people who spend their life in one field wouldn't even understand. And you've been at my programs, but I gave birth to years ago to something called funnel vision versus mm -hmm. tunnel vision. It means that if all you do is what everybody else does in your industry, you're a little bit better, you're going to do incrementally better. But if you do, if you bring to bear methodologies, strategies, tactics, and approaches that no one in your industry understands, you can run rings around them and thus catapult yourself to much, much higher levels of success, profitability, performance, and wealth creation. So every couple of years, I would just add to my to my portfolio of methodologies, we start with the three ways to grow a business. You know, increase it. Everyone wants to increase more, more clients, but most people don't really focus on increasing the size of the sale of the transaction to multiply profit even greater. Most people don't understand how to extend the frequency, the number of transactions they get, the lifetime value. If they have nothing else to sell, they give up and don't realize you've got more utility value that exists in that relationship. Then we came up with the advanced three ways. You acquire, excuse me, I'll give it to you in the order. You penetrate mm -hmm. a new market or niche or medium every year. You add a new product or service every year. You, uh, you acquire a business, a product, a service, a sales force every year. And when you combine those two, it's explosive. And I created the concept of being an exponential entrepreneur, working mm. on the geometry of the business instead of working just on incremental growth. I think you should always operate in what I call the exponential zone. And that's a longer conversation. Then we came up with the power of Parthenon. Most people generate almost all of their business with one source. It can be Facebook. It can be word of mouth. It can be trade shows. It can be webinars. But I get my clients to create nine or so sources that each one adds dramatically to what they're doing. It penetrates different segments of the market, penetrates the same market on a progressive basis. And that's every one of these separately works on geometric performance enhancement. Then we went into the nine drivers of exponential profit explosion. And we, we analyzed in the revenue side, everyone's got a revenue system, even a dysfunctional one. When you understand that RSO, revenue system optimization, is about taking whatever you're doing and questioning how the different granular or nuclear parts that impact it are performing. And most people don't think about that. Even if you use the optimization on a Facebook or Google or whatever you're using, they only do, they, they don't do what, what happens before the first mile and they don't do what happens mm -hmm. after that person is delivered to you. 
And there's a lot in between, a lot before and after that you can leverage. And if you leverage, there's sometimes there's as many as 50 leverage or impact points in a revenue system that you can impact. So we, we created the nine drivers and that were the nine easiest shifts you could make in an activity or an element of a business that a small shift would produce a massive positive impact. Change mm. your marketing, you change your results. Change your strategy or go from tactical to strategic, you change your results. Change the systems, processes, procedure you use, you change your results. Change how you use relationships, you change your results. It's just, just a bunch of them. And then we went through, after that, we created the uh, the sticking point solution. It was actually a book I came up with years ago, but we identified the, the nine areas that most people get stuck in business where they can't break through the glass ceiling or it can be traumatic. And I haven't articulated this for a while. I don't have the book in front of me, but uh, basically it's, you know, your marketing sucks or your, your profit is diminishing or your competition is eating your lunch or Oh, you're doing the same thing and it's not really producing the results and all kinds of things. And we come up with solutions for all that. And we came up with things like uh, the 12 strategy pillars. And we came up mm. with the rules for relevancy. People don't realize that everything that happens in our life, Mark, is a direct relate and not just in our business life, in our personal life, to how relevant or irrelevant we are. And that is a very dynamic construct, meaning that everything is dynamic and with uh, uh, the digital world and, and that everyone's supposedly connected, but you're connected by your phone or your, or your iPad, you can, you can miscommunicate. I can say to you, and I, may I use a vulgarity for him? Please. So if, if I if you're talking to me and I go, fuck you, Mark, it just in, in, in charming, laughter you're not going to be offended but if i send you a text with the same intention but not the, the same tonality and mm -hmm. voice you might be very pissed so we realize that relevancy is dynamic and it has to do with two two really interesting dynamics one is networks not networking but these different networks you have and how your significance to them is always changing business and personal then we came up for how to a, a concept of how to get absolute advantage. And we realized if you think about business, everything in business is like a, a scale of justice. You're trying to you're trying to put the weights in your advantage and it needs to be ethical advantage. But if you think about it, if you don't have advantage, you have disadvantage. If you're not making hmm. irresistible offers, you're making resistible offers. If you're not making unbeatable propositions, you're making beatable propositions. So I just sort of super logically looked at it. And then we went on and we got into what my favorite category is, which is, we it's got different names, power partnering, which is a, a, an offshoot of uh, relational capital, strategic alliances, joint venture, uh, endorsements, sec, you know, securing endorsements, recommended provider, co-branding, referral networks. We have we have uh, 43 ways to structure strategic alliances, 125 ways. They're not all in the book, but I have 125 ways, Mark, to generate no cost, no investment referrals and a referral generated client 
they'll close faster, they'll, they'll negotiate less, they'll commit more, they'll be more inclined to execute and follow through. You have instant trust versus somebody you get from advertising where it's very sus- suspect trust and very skeptical trust, mm-hmm. and it's much different. You get They stay longer, they're more enjoyable to work with, they refer people, they cost you nothing. And so we just kept, you know, and I just kept adding and we explained and detailed the power of the most significant uh, ones in the uh, body of the book. And then we enumerated all the rest of them and the appendix in the book. Uh, and I can go on and on, but I mean, that's hmm. sort of, you know, I've taken, yeah, I'm in a very, a very, uh, I guess I'd call it a very uh, wonderful time in my life. I've been blessed to do a lot of wonderful things that have a lot of impact on a lot of people. And this is a chance to not just tease people, but to give them such an integrated overview, sort of a master strategy and game plan to transform amazingly and unimaginably the rest of their business life. And uh, it's very exciting. And I think it stimulates your creativity, it stimulates your sense of how to break through barriers that you may never have even thought you would uh, transcend. It's pretty cool, really. I would absolutely agree. And there are two things uh, that came to mind uh, with the wealth of information that you just shared. Uh, The first is reflecting back to the analogy uh, that you gave through that hilarious um, South Park uh, story. Um, The thought, the analogy that came to mind, it's like, if you buy a car, you acquire a car, uh, so to speak, and then you exit, you sell that car, uh, but the car doesn't drive. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like if you have not improved <laughs> the performance or anything like that, you're not really going to be able to sell it for uh, that much more. But if you were to improve the quality uh, of the asset it's, uh, itself, then of course you're able to sell it at a higher profit. And then you gave us a bunch of examples, uh, both strategic as well as tactical, to be able to do that uh, inside of businesses. I almost want to go like even deeper now. Let's say, say play with a specific scenario. Uh, it might be fun. One of the interesting data points that I've found with one of my clients uh, just over the last 30 days is we've been able to find out how to get a dollar per lead, uh, basically, for a very targeted um, niche that we're in. You're acquiring leads for a dollar? Yes. Okay. And the quality of the lead is good? Yes. Yes. That's that's rather amazing. Okay. The, uh, The channel is through sponsored email lists. And so of course we just find an email list that already has uh, the people that mm-hmm. we're looking for and it's under advertised to other people don't really know about it. And so then we come in and then we say, hey, we want to advertise. And so we get in front of an audience that is also uh, very entrepreneurial focused. They're, they're, they're early adopters. Uh, and so they're very open uh, to marketing. Okay. So what's the question? So the question is, how do we then rapidly expand well, using, two, you're good, using, using the principles, the strategies, uh, from the second part of the book that you specialize in? How do we explode the profit if we're yeah. able to get, you know, let's say wait, a two to one return there, right now? There's two to wait, two ways. One is you at whatever you're, you're advertising. And whatever you are doing, you find you you do 
the maximum you can to utilize that access vehicle. And normally you can go a lot more times to it if they'll let you until it, it uh, becomes marginal. And then you find other people that have qualitative offers and you make deals with them that you'll fund access to different, you don't tell them what it is, and you want half of the revenue forever that comes from those uh, those activities. And you could take it another level. If it's a business that you think you could double or redouble, you hit a strike mark and say, when we hit mm -hmm. a certain level, we automatically get half of the equity above that for nothing. Mm -hmm. And you basically, so let's say that you're getting you're getting two to one up front. That doesn't count whatever you can do with that buyer as far as upgrading them with other product services, et cetera. But if you know you can get it and you go to this database, I don't know how big it is, doesn't really matter. It produces X. You go back as often as you can with as many different propositions and we can go deep into how, um, how decisively different ways of articulating something will produce a remarkably additional yield. But then if you've saturated it for you, you haven't saturated it for everybody. So you find other experts or other product services and you get control of, mm. you can use private label if you want and just pay a royalty some oh. or take somebody's expertise and, and just say, we want to take it here. We'll, we'll model it out for you. We'll give you 10%. You can either, there's all kinds of ways to do it. That's fascinating because then it. It expands the concepts of the book to it, one of the examples that you shared uh, in the book was uh, Neil Patel uh, and how he, instead of trying to beat everybody else at the search engine optimization game to, you know, rank at the first page of Google with creating a whole bunch of content, he just went and he bought the competition, bought those websites uh, and then redirected all of them to his domain. And then he got the page rank, the authority and everything like that. But it's almost like taking that, but applying it. Uh, to acquisition of products, not necessarily entire businesses, but it could be digital products, for example, online courses, finding those experts who, like you mentioned earlier, might be someone who already has a book that, as you said, have has legs and then could create a course or something around that, but then you get the IP and so on and so forth. Yeah, there's an infinite number and it, it requires you to, to break out of linear thinking. And that's where, I mean, if you look at where breakthroughs really come from, they don't come from within an industry. They oftentimes come from without, uh, if you go back in time, Mark, fiber optics, which transformed telecommunication was not uh, developed or discovered in telecommunication. It came from aerospace and was uh, Federal Express borrowed what's called the hub and spoke check clearing process that the Federal Reserve Bank uses to make sure people don't bounce checks and they clear them first thing in the morning. And they translated that to uh, overnight package delivery and transformed an industry. Uh, uh, Rogaine was originally pimple medicine. Viagra was heart medicine. Uh, the most successful baby buggy manufacturer, it sounds laughable, but they do $300 million, uh, uses the collapsible wheels from airplanes. And the more you travel outside your comfort zone, industry-wise, knowledge-wise, thought-wise, the more breakthroughs you will, you will achieve. And the more breakthroughs you achieve, the more impact and you know, impact, output, income you will attain. And it makes life a heck of a lot more stimulating 
just following there. Hmm. I agree. Question. Yes, what, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, what inspired you? Uh, was there anything that inspired you besides Roland being a master at the acquisition as well as the exiting part of yeah. the process to partner up and write this book together? Yeah, I was actually embarrassed. I hadn't really focused on true massive, massive wealth creation mm -hmm. when it was within my grasp all these years. And I found it uh, humbling and exciting to collaborate because, you know, what, what happens when you collaborate with somebody that has a piece of the puzzle you don't? Egos notwithstanding, you grow mm. because, you know, you don't grow if you're the smartest person in the room. You grow by being around people that understand things you don't and expand both your, your knowledge base and all, all, also, excuse me, Mark, they're feeding your subconscious so that when you need breakthroughs, your subconscious has this massively expanding mm. excess, all these fibers and filaments that can weave into the fabric of the breakthroughs you're looking for. And just so you know this, somebody said this to me years ago, and then I don't remember sadly who it was, so I can't do attribution, but you are rewarded in life and in business in direct proportion to the quantity, quality, and consistency of, of problems you solve and opportunities you make possible. There's acquiring mm -hmm. businesses or assets oftentimes actually solves a problem or creates an opportunity for someone who doesn't think at the level you or your your what your viewers, listeners, members might, because they don't, they see it as a problem. They see they're tired. They see that their yeah. margins are, are diminishing. They see that their Facebook ads aren't working. They see that there's a lot more competition. They see that they aren't, um, they aren't up to speed on chat GPT-4. Yeah. You see that you can take over what they've built that you, maybe you say their database could be huge for my, their, you know, their brand could be huge for mine. You know, there was a guy years ago, was very smart. He, he was a predecessor of this kind of thinking. His name was Albert Lowry. He was a butcher who went to a course that was taught by a man who was very, very adroit in teaching how to creatively acquire real estate. But the guy was a terrible speaker and had no interest in in uh, public speaking or doing seminars. Lowry mastered the methodology, went to the guy and said, I will do the, the speaking, the seminars, the, this was before digital, and I will call it, we'll call it Lowry Nickerson seminars. The guy said, fine. And over time, he ended up just having Lowry because he used that vehicle to grow himself. And he made millions and millions of dollars in the seminar business, but he made tens of millions using all the people that came as investors to acquire massive real estate. So, I mean, I, most people aren't very strategic and they're playing mm. a bit short. You know, if you think about golf as a metaphor, Mark, there's a short, there's a mid, and there's a long game. In business and life, most people are tactical, not strategic. 
And even the ones that are seemingly strategic tend to unknowingly and unintentionally be playing a short game. Hmm. You know, what excites me is Roland thinks at a level that is, it is uh, congruent and consistent with how my mind works, but it's different. If it was the same, there probably wouldn't be any appeal to the collaboration, but he comes at it from a sophistication of understanding acquisition and financing uh, strategies and and all kinds of fabulous ways to get control of it and all kinds of fabulous ways to exit or massive, massive uh, multiples of whatever you paid. So if you pay X, and by the way, if you pay X and you're not using any of your own money, the yield it can give you uh, it's, it's incalculable. Think about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> literally. And we actually have talked to people and said, you know, if you are a passive investor and you're content with whatever you're getting today, I don't know what you're getting, 8%, 10%, whatever, uh, 5%, 6%, you could put somebody for a, a, a modest salary out doing this for you passively, get control of a bunch of business, give that person a modest share of that asset, of the cash flow or the equity, use these methods to blow it up and you can make multiples of thousands of percent a year on your investment. Sort of the Tom Sawyer school of business. Remember Tom, if you read it, Tom Sawyer and uh, Huckleberry Finn, who was asked to paint the, the fence, yes. his grandma, and instead he got all the kids to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, a lot of, a, a lot of different ways to do this. I have to, stop soon but i hope this is helping and and uh, you probably know that on the 23rd i don't know when this is coming out but on the 23rd we're going to do a live launch mm -hmm. the launch is going to be pretty cool our goal is to sell a lot of books it's not to sell a lot of programs although roland has a lot of programs i basically just work with real businesses uh, in many different forms but long term and i'm looking for deal flow out of it but it, it's going to be a cool, it's about an hour and a half to two hour launch. And we're going to basically share a lot of concepts and, and we're going to unimaginably uh, incentivize people with a, a collection of bonus incentives that is off the chart appealing. So if you're, uh, if you're inclined, it would be great if you posted maybe at the bottom of the, you know, the lake, if people want to register, it'd be great. And if they don't, you know, I think the book. I couldn't recommend a book more hmm. enthusiastically. I'm half of the authorship, but the book is there's. I don't think there's anything out there that is even remotely close to the you know, to the positioning strategy and the, and the powerful, profitable message that it shares. I really don't. I could pepper you with questions for hours to come, but I also want to be respectful of your time. And I only have one final question for you. Right. Two, should, the last one is very short. If you could go back in time to speak to your past self, Jay Abraham, he's in a black suit, he's in front of an audience, and he's talking about the strategy of preeminence. Is there any advice you would go back to give yourself? of then knowing everything you know now yeah probably well first of all i spent an enormous amount of time um, presenting 
and uh, speaking on a worldwide basis. And it was very gratifying. And I've touched an enormous wide swath of business owners, entrepreneurs, professionals, aspiring entrepreneurs. But I would probably have not done that for economic purposes. I would have just done that as a hobby and would have basically focused on building massive wealth through asset creation, like we're talking about, not for, for getting things. Uh, you know, I've been blessed. I have gorgeous beach house, gorgeous main house. I got more cars and they're exotic cars than I can drive. I got art. And I've traveled around the world 80 sometimes first class and never paid for it. So that's not the reason. The reason is whatever your real goals are, if you have significant assets, you can help more people, you can touch more people, you can engineer more breakthroughs, you can, you can stimulate more success in other people, you can do just wonderful things and the more things you can do that are either noble or if you're somebody that's never, you know, everybody thinks that getting a lot of stuff is going to change their life. Getting past the struggle period will enhance the quality of your life and the richness of your relationships and probably incredibly enhance the, you know, the longevity because you won't have as much negative stress. But it's not going to really do what you think. It's just going to basically open up a new set of challenges. But if you realize that by achieving significant levels of economic attainment, no matter what that means to somebody, it might be going from making a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand to somebody. It might be making two million. It might be growing to twenty, thirty, whatever it is. But the reason, the reason you do it is not just to do it. You got to figure what's your purpose. If you have no purpose and you have no passion and you have no sense of possibility, I always called it the three Ps, then, then being alive is very, very, it's very depressing. When you have a purpose, when you have passion, when you have possibility, when you're achieving for a goal that is bigger then you have achieved to date and you realize how attainable it is. And then you realize when I attain that mark, I can use the, the income. I can use the assets. I can use the wealth to do all kinds of meaningful things. I could use the money to help create things. I could use it yeah. to hire people and give them greater opportunities. I can use it to pool expertise and create breakthroughs for Sec sectors or for humanity, or I can basically, you know, use it to have a life where I don't have to work, but I don't have to waste it. I can touch people. I can go out and smile, whatever it is. I happen to like nobility. I happen to think that you're rewarded, you know, uh, for, for contribution. I got started never wanting to make money I just saw all these entrepreneurs who worked so hard and I realized how little they accepted <sighs> their from every day, every effort, every opportunity, every dollar they invested, every ad they ran, every prospect or buyer or client. And I wanted so badly to see them get more, do more, be more because they were committing their whole life, their 
their wealth creation, their their psychic fulfillment or lack. And I wanted to do everything in my power to enrich that for them because I was attracted always to people who were in business, not just to make money, but to make a difference. So that's a complicated answer, but hopefully it helps. It does help. And to directly follow up on that, where can we find out more about you, the book, and the event coming up so more entrepreneurs can do that with you? I am hoping. I am poster boy for adult attention deficit and a mad scientist. I had hoped they had given you my office was supposed to have given you the the link. I don't actually have I've it, got the links. I've got you. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you can find me on uh, abraham.com. It's real simple. And we, we give stuff away. Uh, I used to give 800 resources away and I stopped it because I asked people only to share it with people and people were too lazy to do it. We still give a lot of things away. And if anybody's large enough, I'm always looking for clients and deal flow. But the, the, the purpose of this book is to show people that there is a really much more exciting path they can pursue with their business or with that to achieve so much more. And then with that achievement, be and do so much more. And I, I keep, it's not in the book, but I'm a fanatic about purpose-driven achievement that if you're just trying to make mm. money for money's sake i think it's very very poor motivation if you're trying to be rewarded for contribution for solving problems create opportunities for others i think that is the most wonderful endeavor you can possibly pursue and the rewards can be unimaginable absolutely and with that i just want to say again jay thank you so much uh, for your time. I'm looking forward to sharing this with as many people as possible. And I'm very grateful and I appreciate you. And it's very nice to reconnect. Anything else I can do for you, or if you want to do a future conversation, I've helped, as you know, many hundreds of very prominent experts. So I have a lot of perspective that might help people shorten uh, the path and raise their trajectory. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for checking out the show. If you liked it, go ahead and hit the like button and also subscribe so you don't miss another one. It also tells us which ones that you like the most so that we can then do more interviews like that. If you want to go from idea to implementation, though, especially if you're wanting to productize your expertise so that you can scale your impact on your clients and, of course, grow your business, then join our email list. There we're going to talk about how modern consultants can productize their expertise so that they can have a greater impact on the world around them and live life on their terms. If that's up your alley, I hope to see you on the other side. Talk soon.